I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey. What's up, guys? We are quarantined in Los Angeles, California. Well, I'm actually in Redondo Beach. Where are you at, Al? I'm in LA, chilling in Inglewood, the hood. Yes. And I'm Jesse Zayner, and we're here to bring you after Buzz After Show, The Lion King from Netflix, season one, episode one, not your average Joe. I'm your host, Jesse Zayner. You can find me all over social media at Athletic. And Al, tell everybody where they can find you. Hey, everybody, it's your boy, Al G. You can find me on Instagram at Al G, A-L-G underscore Jamaica House Film. And uh, yeah, glad to be doing this Tiger King, man. Tiger King is crazy. It's bonkers. It's like oh the, my gosh. the number one show on Netflix, right? I know. So it's crazy because because we've all been quarantined. I saw this show when it first came out a couple days ago, or like almost a week ago, and I instantly like got hooked on this show. It is just insane. So we're going to cover today. We're going to do a recap of episode 1, and then after episode or after the recap, we're going to do a special segment by Al called Netflix and Quarantine, and then we're going to do some news and gossip about the show and then you guys can if you guys like it and you want to join us for episode two we'll do episode two right after and jess can i just chime in here about this crazy quarantine yes um, like you said crazy times we're all on lockdown here in la the la area yes. and like most of the country or most of the world but we have like no it's if you're non-essential workers no workers, all the parks are closed. So like I can barely go across the street to buy some food, but I'm ready. I got like my, my bandana, my breathing mask. I got my gloves. Got gloves. I got my spray. <laughs> I got my little, my little baby wipes, you know? Oh and my gosh. Lysol, matter of fact, you guys are looking kind of, you know, you guys are looking kind of suspect over there. So I'm gonna wipe my skin <laughs> up. Guys, you know, infected me. But yeah, we're holding it down in the live bunker for Netflix and chill, quarantine and chill. Me and my girl Jess again. Oh my gosh, I know. I love, I love it, Al. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I mean, with this quarantine came this show, you know, the Tiger King, and it's just absolutely insane. So I think for what I think what we should do first in this first episode, they kind of introduce us to everybody. So I kind of want to go through everybody and get your opinion and see what you think of everybody. And the first person we're going to start with is none other than. The guy behind me, Joe Exotic, my boy. I mean, the Tiger King himself. What do you think of Joe Exotic? Oh my God. He is my favorite character, Jess. And let me tell you yes. why. I mean, and he's kind of, obviously I think he's kind of like the main character. I wouldn't characterize him as a normal protagonist. I kind of can uh, categorize him as an anti-hero because he, he is so eccentric. Like we were talking about off air. Um, he's just like, you know, ex recovering drug addict, which I love, but he has like a mullet. He's like the full Southern Ick in Miami. And he walks around with his gun and <laughs> he's obsessed with tigers and shooting and blowing things up. And then he's got his married to his two gay lovers. He's just a character. I love him. He's so interesting. Somebody on the show um, says that he's completely insane, gay, gun-toting, drug addict, fanatic. <laughs> and I just like thought that was the greatest quote because he is just insane. Like when I started the show, I saw this guy with a mullet. I mean, he even says like, everybody's gonna think I have a mullet. But I'm like, who the hell is this guy? 
He's so flashy, but he's incredible. He's like shooting things up, blowing things up. He's just insane. And I love him. He's also my favorite character by far. Yeah. And also too, we got to add to, he has like, this guy's like so into animals and tigers. Like he does, he did like two albums just singing about tigers. He has like 15 music videos and he has his own like online TV show about his tigers, his tiger show. Yeah, he has 28 songs, 16 music videos. He's been doing Joe Exotic TV for like years before the producer Remy later comes in. He said like for a decade, every day at six o'clock. And I'm so sorry that I never got to watch any of those. Oh man, I'm gonna go back and watch it. Last thing, um, just the reason why I love Joe so much too is like I said, I characterize him more as the um, anti-hero just because we'll get into later, you know, his, his nemesis, uh, this lady, Carol Baskin, who owns, you know, Big Cat Rescue, you know, they're, they're already, you know, on a direct collision path. They've been enemies forever. And they have this huge feud, that beef that potentially turns deadly. But the reason why I like Joe is with all his craziness and he's emotional and, and I kind of identify with him because he wears in his emotions on his sleeves. To me, he's real. He's basically yeah. real about his quirks and his craziness but I don't see one hint of malice in him. I just yeah. have personally, I don't. He's kind guy, like he, he hires, all his employees are just out of prison. He says he hires them because they can't get jobs and he hires ex-drug addicts, helps rehabilitate them. And this other chick, uh, Carol, she's just like the total opposite. She's like this, uh, you know, she, I'm sure she's a nice, she seems like a nice lady, but his adversary, Carol, you know, she's just kind of like this this wealthy, you know, suburban um, Wonder Bread lady. And I don't know. And she kind of has she has this kind of like holier than thou. And like her whole mission is to bring Joe Exotic down. So. Right. And on the one hand, she's coming at it as like she's a purist. Like, you know, I'm like the real you know, conservationist, you know, but like she keeps her tigers in cages too. So I, I don't understand the difference between them. Right. So I want to go on to Carol next, but I just want to point out, we have a few people in the live chat. Jill Z, what's up? You rap guy. They're both in the chat. Both of them seem to have watched the whole series because they're going a little bit in advance. So um, appreciate the comments, guys. I don't want to go too far because we're just covering episode one right now, but they have all kinds of theories about Joe and Carol and about Joe's singing, you rap guy, he was talking about <laughs> Joe's singing, which I'm going to come, I, I have some news and gossip about actually. So okay. before we get to that, let's move along to Carol. What are your thoughts on Carol of Big Cat Rescue? Man, like I just only uh, scratched the surface when I said, because she's the more mainstream person. And I guess because I kind of identify more with eccentric people, more like the outsider. I like, um, what do you call it? The you know, like the underdog, and because she's, they go into her backstory. And Jess, did you see how she was just like this poor, lonely, young chick, twenty one or whatever, walking the street, kicked out of her house, and she got literally picked up off the street, literally in this truck by this rich millionaire. And then like she's been rich ever since. Like, isn't that crazy? The whole story about their marriage. So yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we will get into her whole story. But Carol, like, I don't know why, but just from the beginning, she 
piss me off because I think I automatically love Joe. Like he is yeah. my boy, right? So I'm going to be loyal to Joe all season. I don't care. Um, Carol is just crazy. You know, so her, her thing is she's works at Big Cat Rescue, which is down in Florida. She wants to end captivity of wildcats. So I was wondering, like, what's the difference between what she's doing, you know, at Big Cat Rescue and what Joe's doing at GW Zoo? But here's what she says. What sets her apart is she fixes the problems and she wants to end captivity of wildcats. She doesn't believe cats should be in cages, but the reason that she has cats in cages is basically because Joe and Doc and all them are breeding these cats for their financial gain and she's taking them until they die. That makes no sense to me. You know, have you seen that Twix commercial where like, well, we're the left Twix and, you know, we roll our Twix left and we're the right Twix and like we twist ours. I don't know, but it's like, it's basically the same thing. Honestly, Jess, I'm going to say you and I are on the, on the same agreement with both of them, but you know what it is straight up? My opinion, Carol's just a straight up hater. She's yeah. just a jealous, rich, spoiled, entitled hater. <laughs> like, I feel like she wants to shut him down because she wants all of his business. And you guys on, are you guys on team Joe or team Carol? I'm curious. So, so that's Carol's story. You know, she's crazy. Her husband says she's the mother Teresa of cats, which I thought was really funny. Her she like new husband though, right? Oh, her new husband. You're right. Yes. Exactly. So the, the other big character in this show is Boglavon Doc Antle in Myrtle Beach at Myrtle Beach Safari. What do you think of Doc? Oh man, like Doc's a pimp. Doc's yeah. the love guru. <laughs> He's got like five wives living on his, you know, compound cult. He is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're you like Doc then? You're a fan I of like Doc. Doc and I okay, and here's where. Obviously, like people like that, they're going to be suspect and get a bad rap. And, and you should take a, a look at somebody if they, quote, occup run a, quote, cult. This is what it is for what our audience knows, for the people who don't know. He has this more upscale rescue. And, uh, and but he and uh, Joe are friends. But what he's done is he's like this, I guess he's part Indian, like East Indian. And his dad was like a guru. So everything he does is based on like, you know, Eastern religion and, you know, that philosophy. And like they all pray, meditate and, and chant. And it kind of goes in line with their whole like free love thrilling, at least the way he explains it. You know, they if you touch him, then you get enlightened. So the women want to touch him so they can get enlightenment. <laughs> but more importantly, I think all the women are there of free will. You know, it's like if I, if I felt like somebody, you know, was was uh, there against their wishes, you know, that that wouldn't be cool. We should sick the law on them. But, you know, the girls can come and go as they please. But low key, truth be told, they're all there because those girls needed a home. That's my feeling, too. They were kind of broken people who needed who needed like help. Yeah, so it's kind of like you said, um, Doc is a little bit smarter, more sophisticated, fearless. That's what Carol's husband says about him. Um, and he believes that he's really popular and well-known. And because he's so well-known, everybody wants to take him down. He, he thinks very highly of himself. Mm -hmm. um, Joe basically learned from him. Joe's like obsessed with him, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, he grew up like cowboys, had animals around him all the time. Um, I think one thing that he says that's very interesting is so him and Joe do this thing where they have like these little baby cubs 
and they uh, give let, let people come up and pet them and take pictures with them. And his, his whole theory is if we let them into, you know, give people time with these animals, they'll let them into their hearts and then their wallets will open up to pay for this. And he's talking about some like crazy amount of money that you have to pay to go see that safari, like over 300 bucks, sometimes $600. It's uh -huh. insane. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it is a business. And the thing is him and Joe both make business. I mean, they make money. I think one of them said even on a sliding scale, like the more people the price goes up, which is kind of weird. Right. Yeah. And also like you could take pictures with the animal and they charge us for the pictures so, I mean, considering these animals cost like thousands of dollars to feed a day, I guess, I don't have a problem with it as people willing to pay it. Pay it. That's the fair market price that people pay it. But um, what was I gonna say about, um, oh yeah, about the, but, but about the whole like capitalist Marxist thing versus are they exploiting? I don't think he's, again, I don't see any of them exploiting the animals because I think what Carol was trying to allude to was like, they shouldn't be taking pictures with them and people shouldn't be petting with them because it's taking advantage of them. So, but I mean, there is, because there's so few refuge for these animals, all of them are in danger. Like there's very few forests left. Like the tigers are in danger. So they're like, the numbers are dwindling. So I think it is kind of a form of marketing. If you can get, promote them and people take their picture and come see them and pay for them and they can afford to breed them. And I think that's good PR, you know, cause it's not, there's no place, you know, the, the, all the space we have for tigers is running out. So I think it's good for people to interact with them. There's also a, um, a theory where people say you shouldn't uh, domesticate wild animals because they weren't, because uh, they weren't meant to be that way. And, you know, obviously they should fear human beings. Al's about to move to Myrtle Beach and uh, <laughs> join Doc and be his like marketing guy or something. But uh, um, <laughs> you know what? It's so funny that you say all this. It, it's really interesting. I don't really know what is best for tigers, you know, because I don't I don't know anything about tigers. I mean, I love them. They're cool. But um, I thought it was really interesting. They said at the beginning of the show, they said that there's more captive tigers in the U.S. than are wild in the world. And I thought that was so interesting because in a later episode, in episode two, which we'll get to after this, one of the guys, Tim Stark, he says that one thing that we should do is instead of, um, you know, when an animal is endangered, instead of, um, you know, letting them die, we should, you know, create more of them. So th th these guys want to breed these animals. Joe, you know, Carol thinks Joe's doing it for financial gain. Um, she thinks it's abuse that these tigers are out with people and being pet and everything else. But so she yet, doesn't like that. But, but yet she's still charging money too for, to keep them in cages. I mean, I don't know. I'm interested in to hear what our audience thinks, people in the chat, because you yeah. outlined a, a good counterpoint. So there's two sides to this, uh, you know, preservation argument. And I'd like to hear what people think in the chat and who's actually the true preservationist and who's actually, you know, more exploiting what, what they think. Right. Speaking of the chat, we have Jill Z saying she's Team Joe versus Team Carol. Um, we have Gabriel Lovin, also Team Joe. And then Julie Shreve says, why are all the characters so sketchy but so lovable at the same time? Exactly. It's, yeah. It's so crazy. At the beginning of the show, the one guy says, the big cat people are backstabbing pieces of shit. <laughs> they are so interesting though. Like I love, um, I just love 
Joe. So I, I'm still team Joe. Um, and guess what, Jess? I mean, I'm sure they've all done like, it's kind of like if they have their own little community. And so I'm sure they all have done like some shady shit to each other. You know, it's, it's like we're, I don't want to say, you know, like I don't, everybody at After Buzz is really cool, but sometimes different podcasters from different networks, they just do weird shit. So they all know each other's business. It's so intertwined, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it is so crazy because they do know each other's business, but they're like all over the country and they like, it's just crazy. And it gets crazier after, you know, a couple episodes, but just going forward with some other, some of the other characters we meet in this episode, we meet Sheriff Rhodes, who is the Gavin, he's the sheriff of the Gavin County in uh, Oklahoma. And he just talks about Joe, about how it's been nonstop with Joe. Like the, the people in the community are always calling saying, Joe did this, Joe did that. The zoo keeps them up at night. Um, Joe files like 40 to 50 police reports. Um, he thinks he's paranoid. He, he brings up the whole thing where he says it's going to be like Waco if somebody like comes in his property and like tries yeah. to take over. That's the crazy side of Joe, you know. He I know. Just, and here's the thing. Just because you're a little bit crazy, which he is, doesn't mean they aren't trying to come get you. <laughs> right. Well, well, that and that's what Sheriff Rhodes says. He's like, he reported like he he has 40 or 50 police reports, but people are actually trying to get on his property. Jump on his property, videotape, steal. PETA, we know, and here's the thing, PETA, it's a perfect time to bring it up. I have no problem with PETA per se, um, but I don't like the kind of the more sensational stuff like throwing blood on people. And but that's that's like his main nemesis between uh him and Carol. Carol got uh, allied with PETA, so it, it kind of like triples our support network and media, but they they do a lot of stuff, I think, which is, you know, really borderline. Like they, Joe actually called the police and had a PETA guy arrested because he was trying to sneak on his property and right. like take pictures. So I, I have, you know, I have mixed feelings about PETA. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, just because Joe's crazy and gun-toting oddball and yeah, says Waco shit. He shouldn't be doing that. But it doesn't mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean, like I said, just because he's paranoid doesn't mean he's not totally crazy. People are trying to fuck with him. Yeah, well, it's crazy because, like, I would have no idea that there were so many people after these guys. Joe said he has to wear, like, a bulletproof vest anytime he leaves the zoo. And they have, like, all the security. And Doc said, like, similar things, too, about security. Just them animal rights people are crazy. They will, they try to kill each other, literally, or they do whatever they can and try to poison each other. It's, we, this is a whole world I didn't know about. And then kind of imagine like, you know, if you have like, I don't know, some crazy troll on the internet and maybe they're troll or maybe the thing is politics. They go overboard for the left or the right, Democrats or Republicans. You have people like that in the animal world who, who are constantly thinking of ways to subvert, like Joe, there's this, they would follow Joe literally from state to state. He would leave I the state know. and they would get in a car and follow him and see where we go and then call ahead and cancel. I mean, like, that's a whole other level of, that's beyond perseverance to me. That's a whole level, level of obsession to me. Yeah, so we have Jet Set Girl in the live chat. She says, Carol is a hypocrite. She makes money just the same. And she started off as a breeder. She just saw the writing on the wall and knew she could be the last one standing as a conservationist. Yeah, so so I heard that as well, that she started off, she sold like a bobcat and then she saw that bobcat like come on the market again later or something like that. So she was selling cats early yeah. on. Totally, totally. 
And uh, yeah. just what was the name of the Scarface guy? I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, yeah, Mario. We'll get to him because he comes in next episode. It's kind of hard because I know, okay. like, I binged the whole series right away. So, and I know we have a bunch of people in the live chat. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, like, you make this so much fun for us because we love this show. But they're skipping ahead and asking, do you think Carol did it? And in episode one, if people are following along with the after show, we don't know yet what Carol's accused of doing. So, I'm not ignoring your guys' comments. I have a lot of thoughts about what Carol did or didn't do, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it, but we're just going to have to wait till we get there. So we're we're still kind of just going through season one, episode one. A few other characters I just wanted to bring up really quick before we move on to Al's segment is um, John Finley we meet in this episode. He's Joe's husband, his first husband. Well, actually, he was married before this, I believe, um, but the first husband that we know of and he met Joe a month out of high school, and he was with Joe from 2003 to 2014. And a bunch of people are saying, like, they didn't really think that John was gay. What do you think of John? <laughs> I love the thing. <laughs> when he recruited one of his boyfriends, he was like, hey, you ever watch gay porn? And the guy's like, no, I'm straight. And he's like, well, do you, yeah. watch, do you watch regular porn? Do you like the guy with the big dick or the little dick? Excuse my yeah. And the guy was like, I guess I like watching porn with the guy with the, the big penis. And then Joe's all, ah, that means you're gay, just like me. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh my gosh. So that's Travis. That he, We also meet Travis in the second episode. But John's his first husband. So going back, because we have Jet Set Girl, she must be a huge fan of the show because she's bringing up all kinds of stuff. She's talking about when Joe drove, dro drove himself off a bridge as a kid. Because mm -hmm. we do learn that at 13, Joe found out he was gay, like he realized it. And he went to tell his dad and his dad was like, don't show up at my funeral. Joe got really depressed. He, I guess, was going to kill himself. So he drove himself off a bridge, broke his back. And he went to Florida to do rehab. And when he was there, his neighbor owned this safari and would bring like baby monkeys and stuff home to bottle feed them. And Joe kind of fell in love with exotic animals at that point so thanks thanks for bringing that up jet set girl yeah no definitely and again personally i guess i was uh, i don't want to say i'm drawn i'm not necessarily drawn toward damaged people i'm drawn toward eccentric people but when i hear people at that he has my compassion imagine being like a gay guy when he's young and maybe it's the 80s and 70s and but he couldn't the household he came from was conservative, so he couldn't be out there. Like his dad's basically saying, don't even show up at my funeral, I'm disowning you. Like imagine how like you had to repress that in the, the self-hate. So I, that's why I kind of, um, I empathize with Joe and his story. Right, exactly. Yeah, so so yes, we both empathize with Joe. I, I think a lot of, a lot of our uh, viewers or listeners are, are on Team Joe right now. So we meet John. That's his, that's his first husband. Another guy we meet this episode is John Rinky. He's going to play a big role throughout this series. I'm a huge fan of John. What did you think of the manager of the GW Zoo? Oh, uh, he's cool. I like all of them. I, it's hard to yeah. keep, see the one with, with no legs or the fake Yeah, legs. exactly. Oh. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everybody there's a character. And then the girl who got her arm bit off, it was, it was funny. It was supposed to be a scandal. She was a worker there. And but she reached her arm, I guess, and the tiger bit it. But like, she still works there. She's like, I fucked up. Yeah, I shouldn't have put my arm. Right. I really like everybody that works with um, Joe. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, so just overall thoughts after the first episode, how are you feeling? What do you think? Overall thoughts is I'm hooked. I'm totally hooked. I had, you had texted me about the show and then all of a sudden I was seeing people talking about it online and it's, it's currently the number one show on Netflix, which is a big deal because they have a lot of good shows. It's right. On Netflix. And I think it, the reason it's so popular because you think like, oh, something just about tigers and animal rescue. No, like any good documentary, it's about life. It's about people, sex, drugs, murder, all that. <laughs> right. I know. I, I instantly got hooked as well. That's why I binged it the first day that I saw it. And I'm so excited to be here on After Buzz TV talking about it. Um, so that, that's basically it for episode one of season one. And now we're going to go to Al G's segment, which is called Netflix and Quarantine. Al, right. take it away. Thank you, Jess. It's time. We're all locked down here. We're calling this segment instead of Netflix and chill. We're calling it Netflix and Quarantine. Okay, you know, I got my baby wipes here my, and my gloves are here. And so, you know, while we're all on this lockdown, I think it's a good time to trade wild animal stories like we're living in the zombie apocalypse, you know, we've seen all these wild animals, you know, at Joe's Zoo. But the reason I'm talking about being quarantined with the wild animal is because it relates to the theme of the show. And then sometimes people can be the wildest animals. But in getting back to a specific story, here's my crazy story of the week. You know, in light of the zombie apocalypse, I'm going to talk to you about zombie ants. <laughs> so... Ants trapped in an abandoned nuclear bunker in Western Poland devoured their dead to survive. They were in quarantine. <laughs> According to a study published in November, in 2015, researchers first stumbled on the cannibalistic ant colony scuttling across the floor of a Soviet military bunker near the German border. Several thousand worker ants had fallen through a pipe in the bunker ceiling and when unable to clamber out. On inspection of dead ant carcasses found on the floor, scientists discovered that gnaw marks coated the insects' abdomens. But this gruesome tale does have a somewhat happy ending. The researchers installed a ramp for the ants to escape, and when the team returned a year later, most of the ants have gone. But ants who are on quarantine, like us, they will eat their own, and they have never heard of ants doing that in the past as far as, like, devouring other ants in their abdomen. But when trapped, push come to shove. So, Jess, that's why I'm, like, out here ready for the zombie apocalypse. If, <laughs> you know, things go, you know, Lord of the Flies up in here. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it, Al. That's great. Do you have any um, quarantine stories yourself? Any, any crazy quarantines that happened to you? Nothing yet. It's just I went. I tried to go visit my my parents because you know they're elderly, and I'm fortunate enough that they live in Los Angeles too. But like they literally wouldn't let me in the house. I'm like, hey, you know, I just want to come say hi. They're like, no, 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 go away, go away. And I was like, I just want to say hi. They're like, did you wash your hands? And then I was like, yeah, I washed my hands. But literally, some people are so paranoid, and I get it if you're because the elderly are more um susceptible to the to the virus. So I get it, but like they wouldn't let me in the house. <laughs> well, guys, if you enjoyed the segment on social media or in the comments below, hashtag Netflix and quarantine, tell us your craziest quarantine story and we might feature it on another episode of the Tiger King After Show and After Buzz. 
So moving right along, I want to get to the last segment before we switch over and move on to episode two, which is news and gossip. Guys, I'm about to blow your mind about Joe's songs because in this season, we see all this stuff about Joe singing. We see these music videos and everything. But if you guys didn't hate Carol enough, you're going to hate her more now after I tell you what's going on. So Carol right now says she she really has proof, she says, that Joe never wrote or sang any of his songs. She said that Joe paid a man named Vince Johnson $7,000 per song to write and perform all of Joe's country hits. And then Vince's voice was just blended together with Joe's. So He's trying to say he's like Millie Vanilli. It's a scandal. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I feel so bad for Joe because like, this woman says, like, when, when next episode, we'll talk more about security issues and, like, how scary it is to be a big cat owner. But she's like, I'm afraid he's going to come after my family. And then she ends up, which you guys will find out later, going after his family. She's going after his zoo. Now she's going after his song. It's like, just let Joe be Joe. It just goes to show, like, how petty she is. But, and, you know... To Joe's credit, he's gotten just as petty, but I think all of us are on the same page that he didn't choose this fight, that she initiated this kind of hypocrisy. But yeah, it, it's it's bonkers. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's crazy. And I'm going to go download, download some of Joe's music right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, guys, that's it for season one, episode one of The Tiger King on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Jesse Zayner. You can find me all over social media at Athletic. I'll tell everybody where they can find you. Everybody, your boy, Al G. You can find me on Instagram at Al G underscore Jamaica House Film. So hit us up in the comments of the YouTube video. Hit me up on IG. Follow me and Jess. Oh, and also we're going to be doing an IG live later, right? Possibly. Yeah, I think we're going to do an IG live with AfterBuzz. So yeah, guys, you know, comment. Me and Al both love comments. We love hearing from, from everybody listening. We want to talk more about the show. Join us in the live chat if you can. Let us know what you think about the show. Hit us up on social media, um, like, subscribe. Just we are super into the show and we can't wait to talk more Tiger King with you guys. If you like this, stay tuned in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We're going to start all over and we're going to discuss just episode two. So stick with us and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, Stay tuned. Remember social distancing. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.